0: Your Locked On
1: Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO. Earthquare Penguins, And of course, thank you so much for making the Locked on Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. The listenership this month is already up 35% compared to where we were the early December. So um, that definitely probably coincides with how the team is doing, but you no, know, I'm just glad that the content is um, crushing it this month. That's for sure. Special episode today. We have Doug Glackey here of the 4 Checking TV. He just had his podcast episode today with uh, one of the one of the Nicks from the Nick and Nick show. Um nick Borlandsky, of course that is um doug how we
1: doing man first of all thank you for having me on and with how i'm doing i'll be honest with you man um with how the team's doing i'm just living my best life right now like i am just straight vibing
0: it's a fun time you know 10 in a row they haven't done this in uh quite quite a long time it's the fifth time for the fifth longest winning streak um, in franchise history, don't think they'll reach 17, but that would be pretty cool. Um, if they did, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we could start at so many places. I'll probably start with Chris Letang. Um, this is a Norris caliber season, except for the fact that Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, and Cal McCarr exist because they've been even better than him this year, and that's that's no slouch. I mean, those are three of the best defensemen in the league. Um, Devon Taves has been awesome, but outside of those three or four. No one's been as good as 58. Um, no, this player is not made of glass, as I've read, as I've heard before, from some weird people um, on social media, message boards, radio, live streams. Don't know where that started. Um, he's been fully healthy the last three years. Was magnificent last year, and at both ends of the rink. Honestly, Doug, this is probably the best hockey I've seen Crystal Tang play in five in uh, six
1: years. Definitely. Um, I'll go as far back as, you know, this might be the best hockey that he's played since he's had the stroke. Um, You know, there's just something about it. I feel like he simplified his game a little bit. Um, You've heard Mike Sullivan talk about it in some of the post-game press conferences where he's been working with him on just letting him be more cerebral with it and having him pick up on when there's a chance to be made rather than just forcing it. And I feel like that's caused the point production to spike up a little bit more than what we're used to with him. And, you know, he's been just a revelation on the back end, um, amongst several other guys that have just been absolutely crushing it. Um, you know, I mean, we could, we could say similar things on a more reduced scale with Matheson and rue wheel. Um, They've been they've been unreal too, you know. But um, like you said about the uh, Chris Letang thing leading into it, um, also just want to say um, he should not be traded yet. Um, as you know, we begin to welcome in some of our Steelers fans back into the fan base. Um,
0: it's a great point because the Steelers season is most likely going to end on Sunday. Uh, for more on the Steelers, you can go check out Chris Carter, he does a magnificent job with locked on Steelers and DK and everyone. But yes, I have a lot more people are going to start to watch this team. Uh, I've been telling you know the listeners on here, my, on my social media pages, wherever you know, on the YouTube page as well. Team, This has got this is one hell of a hockey team, and um, I think more people in the city should start paying attention to it. Um, Latang, though, you know, he's been on the ice for of the shot attempts for, this is via 5v5 for the Penguins, Um, 60% of the actual goals for this season, expected goals for percentages at 55.7%. He's been on the ice for 56% of the scoring chances, 55% of the high danger chances. Um, It is ridiculous what he's been doing, Um, you know, both ends of the rink. And, you know, that answer he gave DK after the game against Philadelphia, um, just, uh, he's in another world right now. And, uh, Doug, I-, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. My-, my contract, if they can somehow get him below seven, be nice. But the way he's playing right now, might have to go four times eight if, if you want to keep him. And honestly, I- I'll give him whatever he wants. You know, he's earned the right to ask for almost whatever. I mean, not maybe not nine or ten million over here. That's a little much. But core player, Um, I'm not here to entertain trading him or letting him walk or, you know, you know, you can get a lot back for him. I don't really give a crap about that kind of stuff. I mean, you're not going to get back equal value and, um, you take him off this team. He leaves via free agency. It's quite, there's no one there that can replace what he does. So, um, just what would be your ideal contract you thinking?
1: I mean, I think you could do four or five and try to work him in between the six and a half to $7 million threshold. Um, you know, and honestly, like there's no reason to hardball him. I think that yeah. um everybody in this fan base knows that the team goes as he goes. Um well outside of and, Penn's Chronicles over here, but you know, we don't talk about him. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't talk about him. But like the team goes as he goes, you know. Um there's not a single defenseman in the pipeline uh right now that can replace what he does and um you know that's that's the biggest thing um there's not a single re- defenseman in the pipeline that can replace what he does and if you're going to look on the open market to replace him you're gonna end up paying a guy 10 or 11 million and the team doesn't have the ability to do that and if it were me right now going into the offseason season. He's the number one on the highest priority list out of all the free agents you have.
0: I think I'd agree with that. You know, I love Gino. What he's done here is remarkable. He's easily a top, what, 30 player of all time. Doug, I think that's probably fair to say. I know there's a lot of great players that have played, but, you know, not much of a, not a lot of accomplished what he has accomplished and, you know, put up the points that he is and and all that stuff. Um, But, you know, he's probably next in line after that. Um, you know, he's just, Letang just means, it's weird to say that he means more to the team than Gino, but you know, it it actually, it's not that really far-fetched of a hot take. Um, they both mean so much, but you know, you, you take Chris Letang off the team and you take, again, Malkin off the team. I think they would feel the difference more, um, with Letang than Malkin. Good Lord. Um with that, I pay apologies. There's some, um, some background noise anyways, but um, would you say that's accurate?
1: I would say that's accurate. And I think that it's probably best that we leave it at that because there's really no way to describe it outside of the team just plays better or the team is more explosive when Latang's in the lineup. Um, You know, I think we could like dive into a Pandora's box of like why we think this, but like we could all, I feel like if we do that, that could make us look bad, um, potentially. So, you know, honestly, I think we're tanks, the highest priority guy. Um, Saw a tweet last night from one of my favorite fellows on Penn's Twitter, Chad Nolan. Um, Yeah. Shout out to him. Um, Great show over there with him. I can't recommend them enough. Yeah. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic stuff. He's on pace for like 69 assists, which is beyond nice.
0: 70 he's on pace for 73 points, um, which is I think that I think that's a career high for him.
1: Um, if he hits that, I think I think his career high is like between 65 and 68. I just don't remember the exact number, it's right around there.
0: It's right, it's close to 70, um, if I recall correctly. Um, But it's not, if he would hit 73, that would be the most he's ever had. And, you know, I've been saying on here, Doug, the older he gets, the better he plays. Mm -hmm. That's just the crazy thing.
1: I think a a lot of that is because he has to simplify his game in order to keep up. And that's perfectly fine with me. Do whatever you got to do because it's working. Um, And it's really, really working. And I think a lot of credit is probably due. In part to Todd Reardon being back in the organization and you know being able to work with him because they had such a great relationship during Reardon's first uh stint in Pittsburgh and he had him looking like one of those upper echelon top tier Norris caliber defensemen and then he left. Um, and then things got a little bleak for a couple years, but now we're we're back in the trains rolling. They have a very
0: close relationship, it sounds like, just from what yeah. I've had. And everything, so it's not. I'm not actually surprised that he's playing some of his best hockey um, right now. Um, well, we'll get to another player coming up after this commercial break, Doug. As you know, Gino is also nearing his return, as well as Jeff Carter. We're going to get into what the lines could look like, um, all that stuff. Um, if I, if my beautiful built bar copy could load up right here, that would be amazing. We're just going to ad lib it, and you know, we're going to um, oh, for some reason it is in the owner's I'm gonna have to edit this out, but you know what for some reason it is in I don't know okay, there we go I think we got it well, maybe not for some reason my ad my my the talking points are just I've never had this problem before. okay, we officially have it now well that's just that's that's gonna be some for some fun podcast radio right there um it is the new year so that means New Year's resolutions. if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include built bar. In your plan, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar as well. Built Bar makes it easier for you to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, maybe you're like, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? That's the thing though. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most of them have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams. Of protein, even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least get eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to built.com, use promo code locked fifteen, and get fifteen percent off your order. That's promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at built.com. Okay, we're back after that. At first, very awkward built bar read, but you know sometimes that happens with radio. I was glad I was able to. Make a copy of it as it was saying on my screen. We're back here. I'm Hunter Hodges. Doug Lackey is also with me here. Um, Doug uh, Evgeny Malkin. He is also nearing his return. No, he does not need to be traded. No, they will not get equal value value back for him if he does somehow get traded. And no, he's not going to mess up the team structure as we have seen from weird to- radio talking heads in the city of Pittsburgh. Mainly just one, but I said I, I called him a bigot. A, I called him an idiot yesterday on the show here. Um, Everyone knows who that is, I think, at this point. I think if you have that same opinion, um, maybe hockey is just not the sport for you. But uh, Gino is going to be making his return in the next day or a few days. And uh, I'm excited, man. You know, he brings so much to this lineup. The guy played on a bum knee in the playoffs, put up six points in four games. And um, he brings an element to this team that um, is unquestioned. So with that, Doug, who would you put next to him? Kapanen with Rodriguez, Heinen with Rodriguez? You know, what, what are you thinking at right now as the Penguins have quite a bit of options?
1: So I have two ideas that I like. Now, before we start this, we preface the Teddy Blueger line doesn't get touched. Sid's line doesn't get touched. Right. We're tinkering with the second and the third lines now. Um, I want to see Rodriguez with... Malkin and Kapanen, I think that that would give them the perfect combination of a great play distributor, who's also very defensively sound and would give both Malkin and Kapanen more freedom to do what they do best. And that is generate offense and just be pure shooters. Um, But that being said, I also like the idea of Evan Rodriguez just playing third line center and keeping that Zucker Rodriguez Kapanen line that we had going early in the year with all the COVID outbreaks and the injuries Um, that was, that was, that, that is one of the best lines at 5v5 this year. And um, that had Kapanen playing some of his best hockey um, as a penguin. But I think the more logical one is to keep, is to run Rodriguez Malkin and Kapanen, and then let your third line be a line that I really, really liked in a small sample size this year, which is Jason Zucker, Jeff Carter, and Danton Heinen. Um, those three were crushing it, um, together, especially going into that Seattle game before Jake got went down and they had to, um, uh, mix all the lines again. Um, I really, really, really liked what they were um, doing. And I really liked what they were getting out of Danton Heinen specifically during that, um, Little stretch where the, those three were together, um, but honestly, Hunter, like I'm, I'm just gonna come out and say it. This might be the deepest forward group and most talented forward group that they've had since the 16 Cup.
0: Run. It's it's up there. Um, you can 100 percent make that comparison. This is the deepest team they've had, at least since 2017. I, Doug, I thought last year's team was deep and rightfully so. They could roll four lines with yeah. anyone, and the four line they had was one of the best four lines in the league. I'd argue this year's fourth line is even better, especially with how Brock is scoring right now. Um, I said this the other day, Doug, credit to Ron Hextall for finding Brock McGinn, and then for Mike Sullivan to plug him into that same Tanev role and to get equal, or in my opinion, better results than what they got last season out of that fourth line. I know that's going to make some of the Tanev fans a little upset. You know what? Whatever. I wish him the best with his recovery from his ACL, by the way. That's an awful injury. Um, but I still think this year's fourth line is a lot better. I think you have to have Rodriguez with Kapanen no matter the cost. Um, yes. It's just he bring Kapanen, for as much as he has struggled this year, he brings out the best in Rodriguez. They have great numbers together. I think right now, or for a lot of this year, they've been writing at 80 to 90% expected goals. Um, you know, you saw Kapanen's pass last night to spring um, Rodriguez when he just took Carter, caught a hot soul to another dimension. Um, And, you know, that's just the chemistry that these two players have. And, you know, if you want to put Evgeny Malkin on that, um, center them. That's fine by me. Now, Doug, do you think Carter could be the player that moves to wing? I've seen a lot of that thrown around as well.
1: I mean, if you do what I alluded to earlier of having Rodriguez play center, and him center Zucker and Kapanen. That makes your second line, Danton and Evgeny Malkin, and Jeff Carter. (sighs) Which is something that we saw teased in like a little like practice lineup. I saw that those three were doing line rushes together. And that was like right before Carter went back into the COVID protocol. So who knows, maybe we're gearing up for that. But like I said earlier, I I really want to see... the Rodriguez, Malkin, in line um, before we go to that because Rodriguez has earned a top six role. Um, He's earned that, I think. um, I also like the idea of him playing left wing too because that opens up the one-timer side. And with with the confidence that that dude has right now just shooting the puck, like it's literally – you know, some nights you see some, some shades of Ovi and some nights you, you see him running the half wall and you're like, basically you're just like, holy shit. This is, this guy's running it like Phil Kessel right now.
0: Yeah. The, 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 shot that the shot that he had against the blues, that was, um, Ovi. Like, I mean, we've seen that many times, yes. just because it's the greatest goal score to ever live, but it was fun to see that shot kind of go in the penguins favor. It's like, wow, you know, I'm not, watching Alex Ovech can just beat Mark andre Fleury 5,000 times from that spot or whoever other goalie he's – every other goalie he's done it to throughout his career just because, um, you know, that's his office. Um, now, Doug, do you think Rodriguez should stay on the top power play when Malkin comes back? And do you think Brian Rush should come off of it? Because I think that's where I'm leaning right now.
1: We talked about this earlier today, and I think that that's where I'm leaning as well. Um you know, it's just a matter of do you keep Rodriguez up top on the power play and let Malkin play that bumper? You know, they might have to completely rethread their power play. Um, If they keep Malkin up there, they might have to completely like rethread how they do it in order the to keep Rodriguez up in top.
0: Rodriguez's spot, if I'm sometimes, if I'm not mistaken, he usually runs one of the points, but he'll slide down there and take shots from there
1: so why not just keep him there yeah rather than you know because here's my thing you know jake has his own his own little office going right now in the front of the net like he's really crushing it there we all know that sid loves working it down low tanger's going to QB it and just let let erod and gino be the guys that just fire it you know gino
0: loves to fire i mean tanger will give him the puck um, you know the other left the other circle and he'll just rip what we call called Geno bombs from there yeah all all the time so i i would be fine with that and i like what brian russ has been doing he has seven goals in his last three games he'll still get good minutes on the second power play unit and he has been part of one of the best first lines in hockey right now so i don't really think he should be too upset considering he's still going to play quite a few minutes every game and if you know what and if rodriguez goes a little cold What's the worst that can happen? Mike Sullivan will just put Brian Rust back on the top power play. And at the end of the day, you still got two really strong units,
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah. And putting Rust on the second unit would also be kind of nice because it would be cool to have it not be burning out one of your top six forwards on the top power play unit. So, like, let's say they keep the entire top power play unit out for like the entire two minutes and they're gassed. They could throw Rust out there for a shift with Danton Heinen and Jeff Carter Mm -hmm. and Russ would be able to hold his head above water for that. And potentially, you know, they could potentially generate offense doing that. You know Um, that's the nice thing about having a guy like Brian Russ who can, in my opinion, play on all four lines and still be uberly productive.
0: Yeah. You know, Brian Russ has been ridiculous the last three years, 27 goals, two years ago, 22 last year uh, on pace for another 20 this year. Um, you know, I never want to hear that that player is like a, just a pure depth player ever again. I mean, he's been awesome ever since. You know, he was a one-trick pony, but the way he was able to develop his game into what he is now, just rock solid. And, you know, he's going to, whether it's the Penguins or someone else, Doug, money talks this offseason. He's going to get a, a King's Ransom, I think, from some team. Um, Still have a little more to get to for this episode. We're going to preview the game against Dallas um, and just, you know, Looking forward, you know, how Doug feels about the team overall for the season. But before we do that, Ben Line would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the NFL playoffs and beyond. Ben Line remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And remember, you can sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code of LOCKEDON. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back here to this episode of Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, toner Hodes. Of course, I'm still with Doug Glackey. Doug, big game against Dallas. You know, the Stars actually won a wild one on Thursday against the Panthers. That was just a back-and-forth affair. Um, Dallas's lines that we, the Penguins played them earlier on in the season, lost in the shootout when they were having their really bad shootout struggles, uh, hints with Pavelski and Robertson on the top line, uh, Jamie Ben, who famously does not go down Tyler Sagan with, uh, Dennis Guryanov. Um, and yes, I had to do the Jamie Ben. Oh, do the Jamie Ben because well, that is my gamer tag on Xbox live. And I have no shame in saying that on this podcast. Um, Radulov is on the third line, which is interesting because he's usually one of their best players. Uh, Kibi Ronsa is down there, Radek Faxa, Luke Glenn Denning, who is apparently still in the NHL, and then Michael Roffel, former Flyer, John Klingberg with a Ryan Suter. That's one of the best top pairings in hockey. And just so you would know, apparently joining David Pagnotta, John Klingberg has asked out of Dallas. Um, I think it might be due to contracts. Um, if so, Chris Tang were to somehow walk, that's the guy I would pay, um, though I think he's probably going to be looking for a bit more money and Latang is, that's for sure, um, at least in my opinion. You know, Heiskin in with SL Lindell on the second pairing. And then goaltending wise, uh, Jake Ottinger is going to start for Dallas in that game. It will not be Braden Holpe, who had a return to 2016 the last time these two teams played. Um, overall, Dallas, middle of the pack underlying numbers um, 50% of the expected goals, 47% of the actual goals, 48% of the shot attempts. Uh, What do you make of this game, you think, Doug, just by going up against a Dallas team that, you know, they're they're still in it and, you know, they're only a couple years removed from the final, but just been hard to be consistent this year. They've just coming off a two-week layoff due to COVID.
1: I think that this is a good challenge for the Penguins in the sense of Dallas was so hot going into their COVID shutdown. Um and obviously having that wild win against the Panthers, that's nothing to sneeze at. And, you know, I'm a goalie guy. Like I, I like my goalies. Um, Jake Ottinger, in my opinion, is very, very underrated. Um, mm. He has a seven, I think he has a seven, two and two record this year. And he has a nine-twenty-two save percentage. That's pretty solid for a young goalie um, of his caliber. And I mean, he's single-handedly chased Anton Hudobin out of the picture there. In Dallas, that's so
0: for Casey Smith. If they want to go that route, but keep going,
1: one hundred percent. But um, yeah, I think that I think this is another good measuring stick game for the Penguins, and you know, the fact that it's also at a two at two o'clock is also going to be a challenge for them as well because they never really play well in afternoon games. But except um, last week, (laughs) yeah, except last week. That was that was an awesome game to be at. By the way, I was there. It was it was great. But um. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a good kickoff to the Western road trip that they're on. Um, there's a couple good games on the road trip that are going to be important to follow and watch as we slowly start to dictate. Like, okay, is this is this for real, or are they just on this good of a hot streak?
0: Yep, I mean, that that's a great point. You know, this is a big road trip for them. You know, again, you know, Dallas, the full California trip. Vegas is going to be one hell of a game. Um, They are one of the best teams in the league again this year, and they still have yet to get Jack Eichel back. Yet I think he's expected to come back in a month or two from his surgery. So, um, a deep team is going to get that much deeper. Um, you know, I'm excited to watch them. I know that Stars play a really boring brand of hockey. Um, That game was a snooze fest the last time those two teams played. Brayden Holtby was really good, but I mean, they played that third period. I remember this, Doug. It was almost just like Okay, we're two teams from the opposite conferences. The game is tied. Let's just both get a point and then let's see where it goes from there. I would not be surprised if the same thing happened tomorrow, just because, you know, with where the stars are at the standings, the Penguins still a few points out of first. But I'm excited to watch that one, two o'clock start time on NHL Network and ESPN Plus. If you have that subscription, obviously it'll be on ATT Sportsnet in um, Pittsburgh. Last one I got for you, though, Doug, before I let you go. Um, you know, with the 10 game winning streak, you know, I'm of the opinion now, why not them? Just because I think they can speed back a lot of these teams in this conference, though it is it's deep. You know, Florida would be that'd be a heck of a fight. Tampa Bay, obviously, Washington, New York, Carolina. Um are, I, I've I've started to get a little bit of 2016 and 2017 vibes ever so slowly. You know, how are you feeling overall?
1: You know. I'll be honest with you, man, and I'm not trying to, you know, force the ball downfield in a sense, but like I'm starting to get those feelings again. You know, Um, you get those, you get those reminders of like things that you saw in 17 specific, 17 specifically for me where, okay, like they're playing a random um, team who's low in the standings rather than undermining them. They're just going to absolutely destroy them. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's important. You know, some of the depth guys that they've had um, killing it for them, you know, like the Brian Boyle shorty, just basically for fun at that point in that game, remind me of some stuff that Matt Cullen would do um, back in 16 and 17. And honestly, like I, like I said to you, this forward group that they have right now, I would put it up against any forward group in the Crosby Malkin era, yeah. um, In my opinion, like they're they're that good, and um, you know, you got to address the backup goaltending situation sooner rather than later because I would hate for them to have to keep riding Jari as much as they are, and him potentially burn out.
0: God forbid he um, on Wood here gets hurt. God forbid.
1: Knock yeah, knock on wood, you know. God forbid that happens because there's nothing else, you know. Mike Sullivan, you can tell Mike Sullivan doesn't trust Casey DeSmith, and you could tell that he doesn't really trust Louis Domingue either. So yeah, we're basically down to the point of correct that one single issue you have with your entire roster through a trade. And if you do it well, we're cooking with gas because Everything's going right for them. Um, you know, Evan Rodriguez having a coming-out party was so important for the team's success. And you know, if he's able to get Capitan going again, this team is going to be a runaway train, and it's going to be very, very hard to beat them every single night. Um, and it's going to be very hard to beat them in a seven-game playoff series. And like you alluded to. Um, it's pretty much Florida and Tampa Bay um, right now, and that's it. That's Those are the only teams that I'm truly worried about, and I don't want to old takes expose myself, but, like, that's just how I feel.
0: <laughs> well, well, you know? well, you could, especially if the Capitals and the Hurricanes keep playing well. The Rangers are good, but their underlying numbers are really bad, and I think they honestly win in spite of Shostakovich and their three best players. That's just my opinion, yeah. though. Yeah,
1: Igor's just been that good this year. Oh yeah, he's been—he's like on another planet.
0: That he'll be probably honestly a Vesna can a Vesna Trophy finalist at the end of the year with how he's going. Um, yeah. Tristan's right there though, probably top five, top six. You can't argue against it, but you know the big measuring stick. How's it going to be come April? And you know, he if he gives them this level of goaltending. Good luck. Um, he, he's been yeah. fantastic all year, but, um, Doug, where can everyone find you on the socials and what you got playing coming up for content wise? All
1: right. Be sure to follow my personal Twitter at Doug underscore and then follow for checking TV on Twitter at for checking TV. And in terms of like content, my goal for 2022 is just to get more guests. You know, I have I have like a small circle of people that I'm really comfortable with having on and being able to have a conversation with, but I want to challenge myself more to like reach out to other people and see what I can, if I can get them on to offer their viewpoints that I really like and respect as well. So that's, that's really what my game plan is, at least for the early part of 2022.
0: I can't wait to see it, man. I'm sure you're going to get plenty of great guests on, on your show. We're back on Monday. Um, hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Let's see what the Steelers can do. The Jaguars win. Maybe I'll go out and get a Trevor Lawrence jersey. Um, that's for sure. Or just a Trevor Lawrence tattoo. Who knows? Um, but Penguins are back on action. Two o'clock Saturday. They're then off until Tuesday when they go to California. Make sure you have your coffee for those games in case you're just an early bird. But, you know, late late night owl over here. I just I, I love those games. But uh, – yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode, and we will be back on Monday.